the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, may the life force be with you, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how, are, how are you today, Camila? I'm good. How are you today? I'm great. Sunshine. <laughs> it's summertime. It is summertime. Some good energy going on out there. <laughs> the Brighton Festival is alive and kicking. It is. It is. There's ice cream to be had and time deck chairs abundant. It's beautiful. And I'm very, very happy to be here. And I feel like I would like to just open with the prayer of this podcast, whatever prayer means to you, which literally is the title, May Your Life Force Be With You. And our prayer, our intention is that whatever is said, whatever is expressed, helps your most precious and sacred resource that is your life force energy to be with you, inside you, flowing through you more. So may your life force be with you. (laughs) And this summer I need my life force with me. (laughs) That's that's a very... That's very beautiful, though, isn't it? Just to kind of wish that, as we said before, wish that for yourself, but also for others. And and we all have a lot going on. And, you know, summertime, people are out and about more and, and there's a kind of pressure to, to be everywhere and to go everywhere. And I also feel that at this time of the year, there's also a pressure, you know, there's there's barbecues, there's... You know, there's different events going on all the time. It's quite hard to keep a routine when when you have, I hope, lots of invitations. Obviously, not for everybody. No. Um, but there are more things to do outside and more things to experience. So it can be hard to kind of keep up a what one might say a healthy routine, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, and to make sure you know we're doing the things that nourish us. Yeah, I, I, you know. Just before we press record, we were talking about our summers, and both of us have Travel. very amazing summers. Yeah, that, very like, fortunate and very grateful. But literally, my summer is like I'm in Brighton for a few days, then I'm off doing a festival, then I'm in Brighton, then I'm over there, then I'm, and I, it's in and out so almost on a weekly basis mm-hmm. for some of the summer, mm-hmm. and then and then it's like a few weeks in and, and a few weeks out and. And what we were saying uh, was that this is when both of us have a tendency to drop the ball yeah. on our, our self-care. Yeah. Like, I can be... When I'm at home, my yoga, my food, everything's really, really good. When I'm in that um, 
let's call it festival mode, hey? This seems to be coming up, so I feel like I feel like festival mode feels right. I feel like this is a thing. Carilla's festival mode. Carilla's summer festival mode. I mean, maybe there's something in that. It's a whole event in itself. Like, let's tap into your festival mode. But yeah, I think everyone can appreciate what it feels like to, you know, that overstimulation. There's lots of things going on. It's it's music, it's community, it's connection, it's people, it's outside it's events it's the weather's good hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> well, a lot of people said that at the same time um but also like it means but it means your sleep pattern the way that you eat when you eat how you eat completely changes completely in the summer changed. even just think about the fact that for some unknown reason we all cook outside in the summer absolutely and, and what therefore we eat and when we eat and how we eat changes yeah and and you know, I think it's meant to, to a degree. Yeah. I feel like we are seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somebody that, like, I would say has quite a lot of natural inner fire energy. So I, I'm i pretty... Ha- ha- summer's like my happy place. The busyness, the invites, the in and outness. But it does cause me to suddenly drop the ball on what what I call the rituals of the body and what I'm doing what's interesting for me this summer is I'm running a course that's called body love deep dive which is about meeting yourself within the rituals of the body and meeting yourself love within the rituals of the body and the rituals of the body from the view of this course are the basic rituals of eating, resting, exercising and beautifying. And when I was called to do this course over this really busy time, you know, I hadn't, I'd already planned my summer and then the in. short course <laughs> was so revolutionary that people kind of asked for a longer journey and I can't do a longer journey in the winter because we have a big course in the winter and so I was like can I put it in where can I fit it <laughs> yeah and I was like so it's just the equinox it fits just there <laughs> um and then I totally freaked out and I was like I can't do I can't do this I can't do this I'm too busy. I can't. I can't do this. And um, I went with spirit guides, and so the the guide said, "You absolutely need to do this then, because you need to look after you, and because oh. this is where you will see like this this time where you're really busy and ungrounded and not in the same place and moving around. Mm. This is where you drop the ball." on the rituals of the body mm-hmm. you're quite good when you're at home and and have a routine mm-hmm. and it's spacious but when you're you're busy and out of routine this is where the patterns that you need to see in your own self-care and self-love are going to come up and give us some examples of rituals of the body and what you know what it means to you or perhaps what you hear or observe in others that, that 
come along and join the chorus or you, that you speak to? So, out of all of the many self-work or inner self-adventures that I have held, I have never quite experienced how incredible meeting yourself and your self-love and how it operates as within the rituals of the body. Mm -hmm. because, because the body does not lie. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, so you can be really good at what I now call Instagram self-love, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is stellar, you know, yoga classes... Um, affirmations, um, manifestations, smoothies, yes, healthy footballs, <laughs> yeah, all of it. You can be amazing at that, and yet, and yet, actually, when you when you actually look at what you're doing, you know, the body can either be intentional or it can be habitual, and all of us are intentional. Sometimes when we're doing our Buddha bowls, we are definitely intentional, but. The body is, is, so you know, your body is the bridge that, it's like the walking, talking bridge that takes you from your past to your future. And, and our past and our trauma and our stories, they hide and they hang out in the habitual side of the body. And it is amazing because you can think you are so good at your, at your self-care and your self-love. And then when you actually stop to look at the rich, at what you're doing habitually when you eat, when you rest, when you make yourself beautiful, what you, what you realise is that actually a lot of the stories of your past are staying alive in those habits. And it's so personal because if you think of every single person you know and how they eat, it's completely different. So, like, this is you meeting you. It's not you. It's not you meeting your relationship with life or a religion. Or it's it's you meeting you. And it's amazing. And and the view of this particular process to me is really interesting. So. Food is your relationship with more. And everything that your childhood learnt about more is in the way you eat. Everything that your ancestral body knows about more is also in the way you eat. Everything that your ego knows about more is in the way you eat. And it's all there. And so this is a way of like seeing what your relationship of more, with more is, is like. And which, yeah, and then the others are really interesting as well. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the others are really interesting too. But. I mean, I can't tell you how emotional I got when you were talking about that. Right the way back, let's rewind. Mm. Right to the bit that you said about the Instagram version mm. of that self care and that self ritual, because I see it every day, all the time. And how many times do you meet somebody? Or you meet a friend of a friend, or you say, oh my God, so-and-so is doing fantastic. Mm. Or the other person will say, oh, I've just met 
person X and they're having a really hard time mm. and their Instagram tells a completely different story. Completely. <laughs> and that makes me feel really sad every time because it's just a... Why Why are you posting? Why are you pro- projecting a version that projecting isn't true? Hell. Because what you're doing is actually unhealthy. It's not habitual. It's not got good intention. It's the complete opposite of everything that you've said. And I feel that so many people are trapped in that. So many. Um, that it actually really, really makes me quite emotional because I can see when you see people that have that trauma that they're still carrying, but they think... They, they, so because you're going two, to a sound bath or you're uh-huh, having a massage. Which is great. Great that you're doing Brilliant, that. Brilliant. But, but that's adult self-care. Okay, no, <laughs> but, but it, it's also a Band-Aid on yeah. a, you know... A bursting dam, right? And there, there's just so many things that are wrapped up in that for me because I see it. You know, you talk, you talked about food there, yeah, and you see it in the behaviors of food, but you see it like for me, you know, for your sober alcohol. Oh God, is a huge one for me where people go, "It's okay, I'm fine," or I, I, you know, I'm allowed to drink, and and all these excuses and these reasons that we put behind our behaviors that. Oh, you know, I go on a wellness retreat once a year, so I'm I'm okay. Or I've been to a sound bath, but what we haven't changed is behavior. Exactly, and and it's my pet subject this, right now. <laughs> this is what this is why body love came into being because basically, I was seeing people doing me included doing amazing self work, and it wasn't integrating. It wasn't mm, mm. the energy Ooh, changes were not integrating the medicines. The ceremonies, Mm -hmm. the manifestations Mm -hmm. were not integrating and embodying. And the guidance that I got was the reason they're not integrating and embodying is because if you want, if you want those things to come into embodiment, you have to adjust the the rituals of the body to make room. If you're still operating your trauma every time, not every time you eat, but regularly <laughs> when you're eating, then it doesn't matter how much ayahuasca you've drunk. <laughs> it's still self-abuse. That's yeah, how I mean, I this, was, this, this was the breakthrough for me because I oh was like, gosh. I've done so much self-work, so much self-work. And when my guide said this, I I felt like I was like... I felt like I slapped myself around the back of the head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I am... You know, I'm doing all of this self-care, investing loads of time and money into self-development, and yet I can still neglect and abuse myself when it comes to any of the four rituals. And then you, like, get into it and you actually look at the archetype, you know, some of the archetypal work we've done with the rituals is, like, you're like, why is my chavvy teenager dressing me? That archetype within me sometimes dressing me because I'm premenstrual. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Like, but when when you realise that like your traumatised <laughs> abandoned baby is sometimes eating for you, and you're like, I don't need, you know, I don't want to take away from gong baths and all of the amazing no. things. But those things are, they are how adults love themselves. And actually, a lot of our trauma, a lot of a lot of our story comes from childhood. And at the end of the day, a very young, especially pre-verbal child, 
presence mindfulness these things don't teach that child love it's like the only way you're Vacations, gonna you know yeah. like trips away that's not what the child needs it, it's it's what a, how that traumatized child in you receives love is through the rituals of the body mm-hmm. and that's how that part of you gets reparented and 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 you absolutely have to be compassionate with this you know, it, there isn't an end game with this. You're not suddenly going to go healthy. It's like you have to constantly be meeting yourself through the rituals of the body. And, for example, like I said at the beginning, sometimes my happy time, me being off and about is my happy place. Mm-hmm, me too. I would not consider myself as being unself-caring in those times because I'm happy and my dreams are manifesting and everything's good. Apart from the fact that I've gone into neglect patterns <laughs> in terms of what my inner child might need in terms of rest and food. And, you know, very likely that my chavvy teenager is going to be chasing <laughs> me. Um, but the thing is, is, is what you repeat, you know, the body is matter. What you repeat matters. And in terms of manifestation, in terms of integration... The only way that we can truly embody these new things is if we can reduce these very entrenched habits. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. And it's amazing to me because it's, it's really made me understand that the self-love industry that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm part of, you're part of it. Yeah really is leaving out something and you don't I know you don't but like a lot of the industry including a lot a lot of my body of work until this came in has been leaving out these rituals and not yeah we can all go to a retreat and eat a really healthy diet on a retreat it's like what are you eating when you're when you're when you've only got half an hour lunch break and how are you speaking to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding the rituals as well from, you know, beauty is about how you hold your creative energy inside of you. So beauty is about your relationship with manifestation. That's why when you're looking good, you're in the flow. When you feel good, yeah. you got a little in your step. But this is also, you know, every time we overdress, dress for the wrong reasons, abuse ourselves verbally, underdress. What we're doing is we're corrupting our creativity. (laughs) We're distorting it, not holding it inside of us properly. And then you can get into the shadow of like why and, you know, as a woman, it's a really interesting journey because mm. suddenly you're into the shadow, the feminine, the ancestral shadow, wherever it's safe to have your creative energy inside of you. You know, it's amazing the reasons why we might dress down. Isn't it funny? Like, we don't... Um, I'm going to come back to a few things, but, you know, um, just thinking about how people dress. I mean, it is such a external signal mm. as to someone's past. Mm. They're mind mm. and their you know current state and 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 their emotional state and and also what they want to be seen as and what they're willing to allow people to be you know to see them as and so 
you know, how often do you see someone that's maybe a bit friend that's maybe had a bit of a hard time or mm. they're a bit stressed and you'll say, gosh, they, you know, they look terrible or <laughs> yeah. gosh, what were they wearing? You know, but, but that's all a reflection of, of that self talk in that, yeah. in that moment an expression of, you can almost see what people are carrying around in the way that they hold themselves, present themselves and what they, what they wear. So that's, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, look out. But I actually think that's something that's wrong with society today. I'm, go- I'm going to go there. <laughs> Post-COVID, we've become sloppy. We have, because I think that we... I think there's more avail- energy available to us now. And we don't know how to hold it. Mm. You know, beauty's about... Specifically from this view, beauty... The feeling of beauty is the feeling of your life force energy coming into you. When we feel, when we see something beautiful, what we are experiencing is our life force energy coming in. Feeling beautiful is holding your life force energy inside of you. And I don't think that we know how to hold the energy of this new post-coronavirus world. And and. So, yes, there is the kind of 3D reason why we've got sloppy, but I also think it's that we don't... We're not used to these new energy levels and we, and our response when we're not... when we don't feel we can handle holding something is to play down, especially... Mm-hmm. especially when that surge of energy feels dangerous which I, I, you know, change, danger. Um, And this isn't to say that, you know, there isn't a standard of beauty. Beauty is what you feel beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually you can go the other way in body Mm -hmm. love and and be wearing a lot of masks mm-hmm. that isn't about feeling beautiful any more than looking well, shabby. <laughs> that, well, that's where I wonder. You've kind of got the two extremes mm-hmm. as you walk around, right? You've got the, I'm wearing my pyjamas, I haven't washed my hair for a month, and I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Right? You've got that version of someone projecting how, for me, it's self-love and self-worth, like how you project to the world. Yeah. I kind of wish we could go back to Victorian days and wear fabulous hats, <laughs> but that's just me. You can, though. I can. I live in Brighton. I probably could, actually. You definitely it'd be, can. It'd be quite hot. But anyway. <laughs> and then you have the other version where this, you know, real obsession about that, whatever that perfect form is, where you see the artificial version of beauty. Yeah. And that's both online and, you know, let's mm. come back to our Instagram selfies and that projection of this is what I am and this mm. is what I represent when it's not, mm. not, it's not what's in your mind. It's not reality. It's not your real life. It's not even how you look. I actually had some AI photos done of me last week. I, I'll show <laughs> you them later. Like, it look nothing like me whatsoever. Wow. Um, which is quite interesting. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of, we're, we're not representing our true selves. No at all and so you've got this you know the kind of sloppy joe pj side of the world and then you've got the artificial pumped up and both of them are masks yeah both of them i I worry that again when you you know you talk about the self-love and and society what what we deem that to be and yes there's the instant that like all those little rituals are are great in Mm. isolation and who are we to say that if you get your lips filled, you don't feel better and that's made your life complete? Now right? go for it if it makes you feel beautiful. But for me, the the key thing is really that, 
and it comes down back down to the habit that you mentioned right at the very start is that consistency and that clarity of you know why you're doing something the why the why is the difference between you being unconsciously in the bit the body is the habitual consciousness yeah so like the you know beauty is a particularly interesting subject in these rituals Mm. and I feel like it's because beauty is about you feeling beautiful but not to others (laughs) you know it's not about yeah if if you're doing it to fit a standard if you're doing it for because you can't make anybody feel a certain way no then you're losing your energy to those standards you're losing those and if you're in the opposite way which to me is more where i go but it's like a rebellion so it's like a i don't care um but that that's why i say my chavy teenagers dresses me sometimes (laughs) um because it's like it's still not coming from the right place. It's still reacting to society. Okay, I'm going to challenge you on that one because a friend of ours, um, their, their six-year-old son, spent time with you yesterday oh. and they couldn't say Karela. But what I was passed on the message by, by a human, not by spirit, passed on a message to tell you that that six-year-old boy just thought you were awesome oh. um, and that he loves your hair. Oh, so, so, you know... Funny. Children know they pick up on energy, so you know your life force within you, and then and and the six year old felt it. And I agree that children pick up on energy, and actually, I put so much more care into my energy body than I do into my physical body. You know, where I drop the ball, he's like, I love her, (laughs) she's great. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it is amazing, it is amazing. It is amazing, yeah. But I feel like in terms of the... So here's the question. When you say that, um, and when you look at people who are going through a ritual and and the, you know, traditional, whatever that means, sense of beauty, when you feel really good about yourself and you're really aligned, does it change how you then represent yourself to the world? Do you change your... Absolutely. So, so, so. Do you become it, more of you or more of what you think people want to see of you? No, when I'm. So, when I'm. Sorry, ask the question again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, now you're asking me to remember what I just said. So, I guess when, you know, when you're fully aligned with how you're feeling, you feel radiant, you feel really beautiful, does that do you change then what you might wear that morning or put on? Do you maybe put on some makeup? Do you maybe like appear differently? Absolutely. Like when, when, so, and you know, I think if what I want to say is like, I can give an example of me, but what I know of the rituals of Mm -hmm. the body is it's the body is meeting yourself in the details of you and your story. And so my story will resonate with some people, but everybody no matter how good you think you are at exercise, you can improve. And same with same with all of them. Um, but for me, um, my one of my beauty habits, because we all have more <laughs> than one, is that if I'm 
low on life force energy, one of the first things to go will be me putting a lot of time and consideration into how I dress. Mm -hmm. And so a sign that I am low on life force energy is I'm suddenly in joggers mm -hmm. or I haven't got any makeup on or I haven't really put any thought into the combination. <laughs> like I've just that's put anything on. That's what I feel on. when I yeah, kind yeah, of walk around yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm like, look at all these people that are, yeah. I get a little bit sad. I'm like, yeah, but you're having know, a bad day. It's, you might not match, be having you know? a bad day. Yeah. Like for me, it can be because I've got a really busy day, mm. and I had a really busy day the day before, and I've woken up short of time. Um, but as the guys were saying about this summer, sometimes when we're busy and full of the, when we're having the good times, we are resistance. Uh, the parts of our identity that are still in victim consciousness that don't believe we deserve those good times can also start dressing us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, the parts of, of ourselves that we're still attached to can start feeding us and dressing us so that we don't fully embody those, those upgrades and those good times. And so it's not always that you're having a bad time. It's that, it's that you've stopped being... So the rituals of the body, when they're done fully, they come, they, they recharge your sovereignty. And one of the, the things we do, for example, with food is you connect to your sacred hunger, which is your hunger without any story just the force and the power of your hunger, which is a, you know, it, it, it's this incredible force that is literally one of the four forces that will make you more sovereign and strengthen your body and strengthen your health. Your body is your sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And I, I find it quite interesting that, you know, whenever you get like a dictatorship or, or something which is about oppressing people. Um, in a whole other podcast, we can go there if you want, <laughs> with, with modern times. But one of the ways that one, that, that an oppression happens is by weakening people at the body love rituals. Mm -hmm. So, right. so right. you take someone's nutrition away yeah. from them and yeah. their power of sovereignty is going to be weaker. Mm -hmm. There are, and, and sovereignty is like, sovereignty in terms of universal law is my truth will be bowed to. So it means that you cannot be controlled. And I believe that if we all lived through like our sacred hunger and our sacred desire, which is what creates our beauty properly, we'd actually be very, very hard to manipulate. <laughs> Because our sovereignty levels will be so high. No, I, I, I really, I really feel that, and you, you just touched on something there that is a little bit of a, a soapbox belief of mine, and that is when I look around and I see people that that have a low energy state, um, projected to me, my mm. my way of interpreting that is how they might dress or present themselves, so their their walk, their gait, their posture. 
you know, whether they look up or not, whether mm. their heads are down. Um, the and I'm going to get slightly controversial here, but you know, kind of rise uh, an increase in certain types of illnesses, an increase in certain type of behavioural traits within children, certain type of you know um, increases in kind of you know depressions and things like that. I have a strongly held belief that our food is at the root of those behavioural changes over the last 50, 60, 100 years because we eat so much processed manufactured food. Do we truly know what we are consuming? No. And what's, <laughs> thank you. We don't, no. but we don't question it. And, you know, I know that I feel better when I cook for myself and it's whole foods, but I don't even know where, you know, my tomatoes come from half the time. Like we, we've kind of outsourced probably our biggest... Well, our, our only fuel consumption source to other people and handed it over to big corps and farmers that we have zero idea what's in there and the long term impact on ourselves, our children, our next children. Like I believe that, you know, our generation now is a product of what people ate in like the 1930s. And and and. and, and that was a very organic diet no 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 because the body is long term yeah it's our ancestral blood is in us as well and and also i feel like one of the things that that's really sad about what's happened to food is we've lost the human touch like Mm -hmm. i believe that Mm -hmm. that love comes we were also meant to be receiving the love that went into tending to the land, the love that went into mm-hmm. the preparation. And, and so we're Community. consuming so much less love. And I believe that's why we're potentially living in a world where we see less love. I don't know if there is less love, but it does feel like... It does feel I like the world... It kind of feels like it, doesn't it? It does feel fine. like... I mean, let's just, let's just not does, beat around the bush. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like there's less... Yeah, there's less love in terms of human transaction with each other. And not the Instagram version. No. We're, we're not talking not, selfies and heart emojis no, no, here. No, we're no, talking no. about the true compassion, unconditional support, community. Kindness. Kindness. That's one of our favourite words. And time. Yeah. You know, also this thing of like fast food it's like life's getting faster and faster and i'm like it's because we eat like what we eat what we eat is making life fuel fuel <laughs> yeah. fuel quick it's like you know what i love my formula one it's like we pit stop yeah and there's no thoughtfulness behind what goes in <laughs> i know and how, and that, how we do it, it's like you know i need this right now i'm gonna pit stop and i'm out again and our bodies aren't supposed to work that way no. our spirits are supposed to work that way and i think that ancestrally it's not how we lived, it's not how we ate, up until very, very recently with food. And... Mm. It's a ritual. Food is a ritual. We've lost, lost the ritual, yeah. And, yeah. and this is the ritual of life, you know? This, every time you eat, if you are eating from your sacred hunger, you will eat the right thing for your sovereignty. You will choose the right thing for your sovereignty. And it won't always be what Instagram says is healthy. (laughs) Um, Because this is, you know, it's also, it strengthens your sovereignty because your sovereignty is the power of your choice. Every time you make an unconscious choice, you're weakening your sovereignty. If you can make a full choice, 
and have no harm in the way that you're making that choice because it's true that that's what you want to eat right now, it's not going to cause you harm. But if it's true, you're not going to overconsume it either, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like, and it's like, we have lost the ritual that says more, more life, more self, I say yes to more. We've lost that ritual from modern day life. Yeah. And, and we've lost the ritual of being grateful <laughs> for our food. And so we're not eating in gratitude either. And another root word, the root word of gratitude <laughs> is to welcome. And so when we're grateful, we are welcoming more. You know, to eat without that is is like to to then recycle being unwelcome into life. And and I think the more you eat ungratefully, the more you experience life as something that is ungrateful <laughs> towards you in a way. You know, like because what we eat, we're putting into the system. What we eat, what it's we also eat, what we offer. It's and that to me, what like. Yeah gratitude is as well when you you know you, you talk about breaking bread or whatever the faiths are a lot of it is around sharing food and and giving and you know that kind of ritual is passing us by as well which is a really important part of what gives us life force what gives us energy what gives us purpose is being able to have that sense of sharing and i agree and honoring that energy mm -hmm. you know like when you actually think of how how much goes into getting that food on your plate, mm -hmm. then you realise how much energy oh my goodness. you if are you really consuming. Truly knew that, yeah, can you like like when then you're then you're actually eating the energy. If you're not thinking about it, you're not eating the energy. Do you know what it makes me think? You know, like a maybe a simple thing that 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 people can do. Like if you take hopefully you take more than one thing from this but perhaps a we talk about ritual mm. we talk about consistency we talk about bringing awareness and mindfulness into what we do perhaps your next meal and then the one after and the one after just take a little minute a, a split second just to be grateful to look at your plate look at those around you and just appreciate that food that energy that you're giving yourself where it came from and and enjoy the choice that you've made. Because even if it's not the healthy choice, again, I'm using the yeah. bunny ears fingers, it's what you, you have at that moment. Yeah. And eating from a place of gratitude changes, almost changes the makeup of what of, of, of what you're eating into something good. I love the moments that you bring in. These, <laughs> these perfect ways to make it really simple in a moment. It is yeah. beautiful. I think the other thing I would say is that, like, have total if you are going to start exploring yourself in the rituals you have to have so much compassion because like you're not going to get it right you're going to keep falling back into those old habits but restriction and as well is not self-love exactly you feel like you're depriving yourself you can have it, a dictator or a nazi exercising for you, Do you know like, I mean? we, like, we, we could all eat celery for every meal but life would be miserable and that isn't self-love and it's not the celebration of life no either. and it's not the celebration of food and fuel and gratitude and everything we just said and i think that you know 
one thing I've found with the body love is like even if you make a tiny change mm -hmm. even one of the changes I had to make is I just had this habit of skipping breakfast and it wasn't because I was consciously fasting it was just old abandonment old neglect in me and I'm not very hungry in the mornings and that is me listening to my body but even if I eat some bit of fruit like tiny change it's like so much integrates. You'd be surprised how much better you get at manifestation, at how a healing journey that you did two years ago is suddenly finally embodying just because you've made tiny, tiny degrees of change mm -hmm. in these habits. Because when you change here, it like ripples through everything. Yeah. You know, it's like changing yourself at the cellular level. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be like, oh, my gosh, I have to go from where I'm at to like this really extreme, mm -hmm. no. going to do hit class every day. And, oh, and that, that is my happy place. <laughs> but yeah. If it's your habit, but, you know, if you yeah. haven't exercised at all, even if you like get off the bus one stop early and lovingly, and this is the most important thing, is like to actually enjoy it and be encouraging mm. and kind and that, to And that yourself. sense of reward, and that reward doesn't have to be great, so I'm going to have four donuts. It can be just a simple, well done you, you know, like a little pat on, on the back. But I, I will say it's the, it's the small changes over time that become habits that when you look back make the biggest difference. The biggest. If you try and like go from zero to marathon runner in a day you no one can do that no. it's about consistency it's about small changes and it's about incremental progress and gains and when as soon as you start to feel that hit of yay well done me then you're a million times more likely to do it tomorrow and i always say just in our moment mindfulness practice start small you know, nobody meditates for 10 hours straight off. Nobody really meditates for 10 hours. No. Depending, like, regardless of what Instagram says. Let's not go back there. It's not, it's not humanly possible. But anyway, but it's, it's just these small changes over time that made the big difference. And, you know, you don't eat one salad and expect to be the healthy lifestyle the rest of your life. It's making those tiny little tweaks every day that will help nourish you, feed you, and make you feel better in the long run. And Eve, even if you don't eat healthy, if you can just be kind to yourself yeah. and not also verbally abuse yourself, mm -hmm. then you've made a change. You know, like, that's how minimal the change can be, is, like, even just not being in the pattern of verbal abuse because you've done a pattern or you've made a choice. Or... I truly believe that that's why, <laughs> again, might be controversial, <clears throat> but it's my old view that people get stuck in that kind of, um, you know, weight loss yo-yo yeah. because what they haven't addressed is that self-talk. And so yeah. it's like, I'm going to go through a period of deprivation yeah. where I'm motivated to do a thing, reach a goal, but what they're not, haven't been motivated to do is to kind of make that long-term no. change of life. And, Alex and I at moment talk about the difference between health span and lifespan. Yeah, I love so, that. So, you know, you talk about longevity of life, but actually what we really want is longevity of health. Yeah. And the closer you can get your lifespan to your health span, that's that's the that's the goal, You've right? You've got it. That's yeah. the life goal. It's <laughs> having those two, two things connected. What to me sounds like a not life well lived 
is when you might have a long life, but your health span is very short. And no, we, I don't wish that for anyone and no one wishes that for themselves. So what are the small things that we can do that we think about our health span yeah. over our lifespan? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> just, that's it, isn't it? And it, it's, and I, I love the bust and boom you've brought in about health because in these rituals, there is a lot of bust and boom. Mm-hmm. Um, which shows you that your relationship with yourself is bust and boom. If you bust and boom when you exercise, exercise is faith. It's about your faith in yourself, your belief in yourself. So how you exercise shows you how you believe in yourself. And a lot of people bust and boom with exercise because they have moments of believing in themselves (laughs) and then moments of booming and not believing, you know? And so, and, and, well, how, how many times do people fall off their fall wagon, off the that, wagon. They loved, that they loved <laughs> and then they go, oh, I can't, it's too hard to yeah. go back or, yeah. oh, I've let it slip so I, I can't do it again. When actually a couple of times they're like, wee, I'm and, back and on will, the merry-go-round And it will bring you again, out you know? of the I can't. Like, yeah. like if you're feeling low on self-belief, the best thing you can go and do is exercise, regardless mm-hmm. of if you've exercised at all in the last six months. Like, yeah. It, exercise boosts your your, se- your self-belief Serotonin, yeah. and so but i love that you brought the bust and boom up because i believe that happens when we're not looking at the reason why there's a part of us that is self-destructive you know the part of us <laughs> that learnt pain that learnt trauma that learnt neglect cannot be neglected just because you've decided to get healthy that part of you needs to be heard and loved and shown compassion and given what they need because they are getting something from these bad habits and until you can give that part of you what it's getting from those bad habits those bad habits are going to come back it doesn't matter how good your willpower is and that's where the self-inquiry is often missing in the diets and the regimes and the, you know, that's where the mindfulness in a way. What, like, as I said before, 100%, <laughs> this is my whole belief that once you recognize your habits yeah. and you understand why, then you know that there is a pattern there that you can try you know you can work on to change and and to understand the root of it and it's only once you do that can you really create behavioral change for good that then means that these you know sometimes perceived hard things to overcome become just how you 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 go about your day because they become good habits so my chubby teenager (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna give this example because when I was a teenager, I, think she needs I was like a name. I was wild, <laughs> and I left home early and was being naughty in every sense of the word, and really in a like hormonal state of mania, and doing lots and lots of things that were very very unsafe, and so that part of me developed to you know when you're you're in that state and you're putting yourself in lots of dangerous situations you learn the protection of also being able to hide 
mm. and hide your sexual energy when you are a young woman, not even really a woman, putting yourself in lots of dangerous situations. You learn to use your sexual energy and you learn to hide your sexual energy. And you hide your sexual energy by dressing miscoordinated and in a like disheveled way and why I'm sharing this is because that that side of me that comes out when maybe I'm a bit overwhelmed by how much energy is happening and all of the good stuff is happening that part of me doesn't need me to ignore it and just force on a load of makeup that part of me needs me to hear that it's not safe and needs compassion and reassurance and time and kindness and to be coaxed out into a way that is is comfortable to be embodied with this more energy. Because that part of me is scared. And, and that's what I think we miss quite often in these rituals is we just get really upset with ourselves mm-hmm. as opposed to going, wait a minute, Why? my abandoned baby yeah. or my traumatised three-year-old has just eaten three cakes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but why? You know, like, what... what, what am I, what's coming up? What am I feeling? Why what? is this this part of me really needing comfort right now, you know? And how can I give this comfort in a different mm. way? So we're actually attacking something that needs soothed. Exactly. And then it gets worse because that's when the bust and boom gets really bad because you attack it, then you, you swing the other way. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then a different archetype will come in then the, the Nazi exerciser will come in and be like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, when actually all of these parts of you just need compassion. And so it's not about... Um, I want you just to kind of round it out. It's it's not about ignoring no. those parts of us, those archetypes. It's not about um, trying to get one to shout louder to diminish the other. It, it it sounds to me like you're saying it's it's about awareness. It's about acceptance, and it's about um, love. I was going to say appreciation. <laughs> so yeah, we were on the same last word. Five. Yeah. Body love. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for being so raw and honest and potentially controversial. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but thank you. May the life force be with you. And with you too. And your body. <laughs> we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.